Play us in, Jim. Are you are you sick of watching improv? Yeah. Um, on some, I mean, on some level, no. I, you know, no, I'm mean, be honest. I am being. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm about to be. I don't know. What oh, I'm about to be. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> no, it. Uh, I still, I, I still love improv. I still love watching great sets. I think that a sub product of the boom that we're currently in is there are a ton of people doing it, and I don't know that they all take it as seriously as I would like for them to. What's your idea of taking it seriously? Rehearsing a bunch, like I, uh, so my like the best group that I was ever a part of was a group called Eye Candy. Okay, um, and we rehearsed oh, that was at the Inferno. Right? At the Inferno, mm-hmm. yep. You want to shout out the members that were in that? Uh, sure. Uh, shout out uh, Chris D'Angelo. Shout out uh, Tim McKendrick, Adam Peacock, and Tim Robinson. See, I'm making you do shout outs. Yeah, now. that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm totally perverting the whole concept of shout outs. Uh, <laughs> like I'm, it's like broccoli for you. I'm like shout out people. Uh, shout out broccoli. Yeah. Uh, yeah shout out broccoli. It's so it's so good when it's yeah. a little bit garlic. Shout um, out niacin. All right, here we go. Uh, niacin. I think so. Is that in broccoli? I'm pretty sure. It makes your face all warm. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's good it's for a, your heart too. It's a weird non-high high. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you feel so warm. Oh, no, I know. It's like a hug from your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Niacin. Uh, PJ and I, you know, sit on the National Niacin Council. So, so. I just have to, full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, I, bet, I bet you could get sponsored by the Niacin Council. Yeah, I Council. know. Yeah, I know. Where's that Niacin money? You know? Let me get our hands on that. So, so go ahead. Um, but we rehearsed for like six months before we ever did our first show. Oh, um, really? And it was, and all of us had already, you know, been performers at that point. And I think that it's. Pretty easy to get on a stage at this point. Yeah. And I don't feel like the work is always put in before people go up there. And also, the, there's a thing that is happening now more than I've seen in a long time of everyone's in like nine troops. Um, and it's more like, let's hang out with our friends. And, uh, you know, if it's the three of us, it's called one thing. And if it's the four of us, it's called something different. Um, and without that time being put in, I just don't know that the improv is as strong or the people are connecting in a way that. I think they should be, uh, yeah. and I, and I believe at at the point that someone is paying to watch you perform, you owe it to them to have put the work in. I agree. I think that a lot of aspects of stage time is getting in stage time, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of an excuse for when you see a lot of shows, which is a lot of shows, frankly, where you're like, yeah, they didn't really hit it tonight, but it's like, you know, but then there's that argument of they're just starting out. Actually, you're the first person I've heard talking about the concept of that. I think. It, period and having on the podcast talk about the concept of rehearsing most people talk about and even teachers at both the and go talk about getting stage time in you know like mm-hmm. you can you can do stuff in class you can go to jams but really you need to get stage time in but you're seeming to when you say like rehearsal like what are the aspects of like when you rehearse for six months before you as experienced performers before ever going on stage what are the things that you worked on well i mean we figured out what our form was going to be uh we i mean we did ran- you have a coach uh, Sean Hanlon. Okay. Uh, shout out Sean Hanlon. Shout out. Um, shout out. And, and, but we ran, uh, we ran that form into the ground. I mean, we we played it until we knew it. I mean, every which way, and we did notes after every session. And I mean, not as much as as we might like to, but I mean, human amusement still rehearses, mm-hmm. both in, both for improv and sketch, obviously. But like I said, with like me and Pete or Joe and Travis, like if you know how that person is going to react, uh, it's less work and it's more connection. Uh, yeah. And I just think the product is is better and it's weird to be at a you know and it's part of being a business owner i think but to see improv as a product lately i, I kind of equate it to um like beer league softball yeah right like if you're gonna be in the major leagues and you put the work in 
um, and people are going to pay a lot, a lot of money to come and see you play. Um, if you're just, if you want to play softball, that's awesome, and I respect it. I mean, it's fun. I would play in a softball league. This is breaking the metaphor, but yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> as, so if anyone needs like a third base, yeah, I'm, I'm I, available. I want everything, uh, guys. <laughs> um, no, but I, you know, I, I, I think playing is great, and I think there are stages to do it on. Uh, but I think if it's something that you actually want to pursue, there's another level of work that needs to go in. And I, I feel like a lot of people, when they're done with classes, the only time they perform is when they're on stage. And I think that that's a mistake. Okay. That, I think that's really good advice, actually, because I've not really heard that. Yeah. Um, I've heard from some people that you really need a coach and to. I've heard that. Every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like weekly rehearsals and your coach can't be on your. T- you can't, your coach can't be one of you. It, yeah, that would seem yeah. extremely yeah. awkward. It does not work. I mean, because even with, with uh, human amusements for a while, and, and with sketch, we kind of still will have one person direct each show or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but for improv, uh, D'Angelo has been, been helping us out. Because mm-hmm. uh, you just can't, you can't be in the moment and take notes. I mean, even like with the showdown like, uh, or Pandemonia, if I'm hosting, it's really hard. Even though I'm watching, I'm just watching the show, it's hard yeah. to pull myself out in a way that you can see it through a critical eye. Now, do you ever give notes after shows to like the Resco or like Pandemonia, or do you um, not believe in that? No, no, I absolutely believe in that. Okay, um, it's hard to do in the moments between you know the show and whatever show is next. Yeah. Uh, so usually, if I give notes, it's you know in our Facebook group the next day mm. uh, or or at our next rehearsal. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I mean Resco rehearses once a month, Pandemonia rehearses once a month. Uh, you know, so it's like a full cast rehearsal. Mm-hmm. How like how many? I, I mean, are, ideally, how many yeah. active members are in the Resco right now? 35 okay so um, how does that rehearsal go with somebody that's a lot hard. i mean at, resco is a lot harder to get everyone together yeah um especially especially the summer is the hardest because yeah. you know uh everyone's yeah. doing something yeah but, exactly but you know we usually have a workshop you know well someone come in and half of it will be a workshop like you know, oh that's cool like margaret or chris peterson or kara trotman have, have done them lately yeah james uh just something different but to get everyone working on the same page and then mm-hmm. uh there's any new games we run through those there's any old games that need a tune-up we run through those i don't know if you have a preference but short form versus long form because i love a- i love them both mm-hmm. um and i understand the appeal of one over the other detroit seems very long form slanted mm-hmm. well there's i mean there's mo- more long form stages than there are short form for sure mm-hmm. but i mean with if somebody would want to go on like open at the end i don't well, that's a good question if you wanted to do short form at the end i wonder if you could open as a short form group i've seen it before it's happened yeah okay yeah. All right. So, but to me, I think, because you're saying like there's more long form stages, but I mean, is it stopping anybody or is, I, I think it's just more of the culture here. It, that's what it, yeah. that's my perception. I might be completely wrong. Yeah. But, I could be too. I'd, yeah. But it just seems like more people talk about long form, like, oh, long form and short form. It's like, yeah, short form. You yeah. Know? I think that's a mistake, but yeah. I also understand it. You know, in terms of the, the Resco, like, do you like the direction they're going in or like they're, because, you know, like some people talk about performing for, that audience is largely not improvisers on like uh, the weekends. Sure. So other like we've had a couple of pe- people on here that have talked about. I liked it, but I wanted to focus more on long form, or I was doing like the same things over and over. I found myself doing that. Like speaking from personal experience, and also like watching the Resco. Is that something? How do you deal with that? You know, not getting into a rut because I think that is one kind of danger in games. You know what sure. I mean? Especially when you're with a crowd that you know. I mean, you you hear the same suggestions all the time, right? You know, and so do you have any like the ways that you deal with that or that you would advise improvisers to deal with that? Well, I think you've got to push yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love short form. I, yeah. I love them both. 
And to say anything negative about any audience, I think performing to a room full of improvisers is a lie. There's so much inside baseball, it's so easy to get a laugh. Yeah. If you perform to a room full of people who don't give a fuck about you and yeah. you win them over, mm-hmm. that's worth a million yeah. in- improv audiences. To me, I think that's what brings improv clo- That environment brings improv closer to stand-up, you know, mm-hmm. than, you know, even though they're not the same thing, but it's like sure. that environment where people are actively, a lot of times actively rooting for you to fail, yep. you know, not, uh, not do yep. well. And also, true, it's like, I mean, that's a good and bad thing about improv is that it's incredibly supportive, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're performing to like a largely, you know, like improv geared crowd, a lot of times I'll hear that, that well, they'll be like, hey, you killed it. That was, that was an awesome set. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, no, it wasn't, you know, like, and, yep. uh, but I mean, and it's, it's good to be supportive, but it's also like, yeah, you don't, you don't get a good, uh, gauge of that sure i mean i go like if you get the back row to laugh it's nice but i yeah i I want the i want the first two rows laughing like i if i get a laugh out of the guy that sits down with his arms crossed at the beginning of the show yeah and when and especially like in the showdown i will seek that guy out like i will look for the guy that least wants to be there and i will perform my ass off to get him to laugh yeah and that's not just go you know yeah that's every place you know like i remember like our our when you had our student sketch show at the ant uh you're right john I'm okay. Okay, you, you, you guys just looked over at him, and, and I didn't look. Oh, until Jim you did. Said his name. He's rubbing his mustache. Yeah, the I, I heard the noise. So, but what I was going to say was, when, <laughs> when, I'm okay, Tony. All right, I, I, I believe that less and less each time you say Tony. it. Now, yeah, I'm okay. Okay. What I was going to say is, when we had our student sketch show at the Ant. Yeah, the first night was largely people we knew, sure. I would say. But as it went on, there were more and more people that we didn't know. And to me, I got more of a thrill from like, I don't know these people. And mm-hmm. like the cast doesn't know these people. So, hey, you know, that's yep. that's amazing. But yeah, unless you're performing on Saturdays. Because I, I would say during the week, it's more like I see more people I recognize. Right. And then on the weekend, same same goes for the Ann as well. So that's another, another good point you made, PJ. Thank you. That's, yeah. what, that's what I came here to do. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> So, in terms of um, like the Sunday buffet and stuff, if there's a team that wants to get into the Sunday buffet, especially with this, because I imagine with the boom, you're getting more and more talent to choose from. Like, what's the process for that? If there's a group out there interested in being on the Sunday buffet, well, the Sunday buffet ends in about six weeks. Okay, so um, forever uh, in the f- form that it currently exists. Okay, yeah. how long has that been currently I'm sorry. going? Exclusive. Uh, <laughs> we're big on exclusives yeah no, well, i have a feeling you might have announced this uh, no I, I mean oh I, really i mean I, I, some people are aware of it oh okay. um, that might be an exclusive just okay. don't tell anyone for two weeks okay so yeah. that's fine <laughs> yeah so um, by, by the time you hear this four weeks from now the sunday buffet yeah no it's i mean uh, it's been going at least two years. Because oh, it's been going on for a long time. I okay. mean, uh, I mean, on, in, to some degree, probably five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say maybe five years. I mean, it used to be three groups, and then we made it four, and then we made it five, and now we're back to four. But so, like, we used to have a show called. That's the name of the show. That's the name of the show. What, okay. the what was that, Jim? What was that show called? Proving Grounds. Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Jinx. Oh, uh, so much. What? 
He can't talk because you jinxed yeah. them. See, there's there's two rules. There's, oh, I there's different schools of jinx. Some people I say jinx, the second part. I say jinx buy part. me a coke, and then there's a school where jinx until you I think what repeat it or something or you or he he has to say you have to say jinx. Oh, jinx. He has to jinx you. Uh, you have to say I love PJ. You have to PJ. Three times. Thank you. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was like Beatles juice. Yeah. Oh my God. I just thought you had the permission. Juice. I thought the person had to say the word no. again. There's so many variations. Yeah. Of, no, I, so okay. in, in my house, it's it's it is law, and if you don't say the name three times, it is a quiet evening. Oh, really? Uh-huh. How long has that been taken? Like uh, since Dax was like seven. No, no, no. <laughs> so. But I mean, like, how long have you let that go on, or how long that has that has it ever been like hours? Where no, will not no, say, okay. no, no, no. You no, ever no get tired it. of your son <laughs> yeah. talking and jinxing? It's like, oh, I didn't know your son could speak. It's been like five years. Yeah. Like, yeah, five Dax, Dax, Dax. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're out the hook, son. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we used to have a show called Proving Grounds, yeah. and it was sort of sort of the same thing as the buffet. You know, where it would be like three different troops performing, and anyone that wanted to could come and do it. Uh, and we had two weeks in a row where a student group just didn't show up for their set, and so we killed it because uh, I mean, at that point, yeah. it's like if if students aren't taking this seriously enough that their one show in six you know in six months uh, yeah. they're not coming to, then this show is doing more of a disservice than it's doing help. And so that's so we got rid of that. And uh, recently, uh, we made James Casada our director of long form Echo. And part of what he's going to do is to work more on long form shows than troops. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's talked about he wants like his goal is to make have a process for long form like mm-hmm. a writing process. Yeah. For people that like, you can listen to this episode, but he goes more in depth about that. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, he's got a show that opens two weeks ago. Okay. I like it. Yeah. We're doing this See, right? time travel yeah. does exist. Yes, it does. So, um, called uh, the Elastic Time Cannon, mm. uh, oh. which they've been working on for months. Um, well, that's is, I can't think of a better like plug for the Elastic Time Cannon than to like go back in time, right. And plug something. Um, but it's a show that, that plays with time. I mean, yeah. it plays with where scenes begin and where they end. And he's been working on it and the cast for past. I mean, since I want to say June. Okay. And it's sort of the f- his first jump into this. Okay, cool. Um, but the plan would be once the buffet shuts down, then we're going to start doing certain long form shows on on Sunday night. We still have, still have uh, our launch group and have an opener, so we won't totally be without troops. But yeah. just really try and focus on. You know, if 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 we're gonna put it up a go, being something that we know is rehearsed, that we know, you know, people put the time in to make make look good, and not and not just a sweet montage. And do you uh, select people for that? Is he picking people from that from Resco, or how does that happen? Uh, the first cast he just picked. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of the feature kids and a, and okay. a couple of a couple of guests. He was their coach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do next, uh, we haven't quite had that conversation yet. Do you know what you're gonna call it? Well, the, the, the night. The, the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Okay. It might, we might still call it. I mean, it's, it's oh, it's, Sunday it, buffet. It's a good name, okay. uh, but Sunday smorgasbord. People something. expect food sometimes. The proving uh, no. buffet. The oh, is that <laughs> the Sunday grounds? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, is that true? People come in. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they do come in and they get mad. Yeah. They give you a bad. The, yelp po- the poster clearly says a heaping healthy, uh, heaping helping of, of improv comedy. Mm, yeah. Uh, but they still expect eggs. Nobody you know. looks at the fine print. I know, but uh, the fonts are so good, John. <laughs> well, there are. You know, I mean, not here, but like second. City, Heather, you went to something, right? In I did an improv brunch. Yeah, at Second City. Was there food there? Yeah, it was brunch. Oh, I could have been a heaping helping of you know comedy mimosas. So. It was good. Yeah, you know. I enjoyed it. 
I okay. want brunch all the time. And that place also burned down shortly after you went there. No, that's Heather. not. You caused the fire? Mm. No, I was there right before the fire. Mysterious wow. circumstances. Chafing dishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even that building that I was in, I don't think. Mm-mm. It was the other, I don't know. I didn't cause any fires. Okay. Oh, no one said you did. I no, know. You're, oh. looking, you're looking guilty. Could yeah. have been a ghost, Tony. Wow. Oh, he dropped a flame. Yeah, Heather pen. told one of the best slash worst ghost stories of all time <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> which culminated in a pen dropping from the ceiling. From that somewhere. Was, that was something. That was the whole thing. <laughs> so, but it had like a 20 minute lead up to that. It was so, really good. It was, it was, really it was awesome. No, I, it's one of my favorite moments. Um, <laughs> so in terms of like study, are you someone that studies improv a lot? Or did you like, you know, when you first started, did you read a lot of books and things like that? Oh, yeah. When I, fr- I mean, when I first started, I was all in. I'm a f- full-born full nerd on it. Yeah. Um, Do you have any books you recommend? M- Napier's first book is fantastic. Okay. Um, is, is that behind the scene or improvised from the inside out? It's one of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it the one? I have both of them sitting there on my shelf, so. Um, uh, improvise. Oh, okay. Seen from the inside out. See, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, improvised, yeah. That, 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 I like that book a lot. Because um, that, that's a whole interesting philosophy because Jim and I both read that book around yeah. the same time where he talks about armoring yourself. Uh, and so is that like an approach you take? At this point, I don't I just sort of try and, and, and take it in and hope that it pushes me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been and it's been a long time since I've read it. So I, I, yeah. I but like would you take like workshops and things like that or go out of town? Like, to, oh, yeah. No, I love when I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I don't get to very often. But um, do you teach anymore? Uh, usually once a year. Oh, okay. Once or twice, but yeah. I mean, I, I still love it. It's just, it's been a lot harder to, to find the time for it. Actually, my uh, shout out to my neighbor, uh, Lynn uh, Feinberg. Uh, oh, yeah. You know her? Yeah, uh, she was in one of my first classes. Yeah, because when I first, her husband, Henry, is a piano teacher. They're great neighbors, yeah. by the way. And uh, I just mentioned, like, yeah, I'm taking p- uh, improv classes. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, t- I, w- I took improv classes there. And she's like, talked about you as a teacher. And she's yeah. like, yeah, PJ's the best. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Well. Hey, you, can, you can knock on the door and uh, say hello uh, to her. Yeah, I'll walk by my home. You know, so <laughs> like I'm sure they go to bed or like yeah. you know at ten o'clock. You know, but <laughs> but yeah, they're great neighbors. I will say this is the first place I've lived, Huntington Woods. Uh, also, shout out to Shelley and Maury, my neighbors on the other side. But the first place I've lived with like genuinely like friendly, like nice neighbors. So shout out to them. Yeah. So in, uh, that's a question in terms of uh, students. Do you gravitate more towards like that person that's just trying to like be more kind of much like yourself when you first started? Like they're looking for something kind of like to integrate into their what they quote unquote normal everyday life, like more stage presence or communicating better at work or someone that's in it. Like I want to study it seriously. Does it matter to you? No. Uh, I mean, when I do te- when I do teach, it's usually intro one hmm. because I like. I, I, I like the supportive side of it more than I like anything really. The students that I, I, I'm happiest with, I guess, are the ones that never make it to a stage that, you know, are doing this to make their lives a little bit better. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, and I've, I mean, especially you know when I taught the full program to watch people, you know, come from incredibly awkward to you know very confident. Yeah, it's super rewarding. I mean, it's it's good to have students, you know, do a good job and end up in, in casts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people that sort of seem to find their voice in their everyday life, that, that just seems like it has, a, it, it's more important. Yeah. And I, I'm happy to be a part of that. In terms of when you did teach more advanced students, is there stuff that you saw like common mistakes or things that people get in their heads about that they shouldn't? Getting in their heads. Yeah. Uh, that's the, <laughs> okay. People that get in their heads about getting in their heads. 
Well, uh, you know, watching your TED talk, you talked, which you did, like I think, like in two thousand nine. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a good talk. You should Google it. It's actually all. I mean, a lot of the stuff holds true today because you talk about improv and stuff. But you talk a lot. You said in my teaching, I really emphasize killing your internal editor mm-hmm. and i think that's something that is in play across pretty much every creative discipline mm-hmm. what are some ways that you get out of your head or you teach your students to get out of my head because that's constantly not just in improv but in life and everything yeah. i'm always in my head you know well, i'm I mean, trying to fighting to get out as a writer i think just free writing is is so important like just pen to paper 10 minutes like the artist just, way have you read that book uh, uh yeah i mean it's been a while but yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just, but just, I mean, vomiting on the page mm-hmm. as much as you can without stopping. Uh, do you still do that daily or I, I, I did it for like a year. Yeah. I used to, uh, it's been a while, yeah. but I'm, as I'm trying to get back into writing more, I, it will be one of the, one of the first things that I do because mm-hmm. it's just, it just kind of gets sort of the same thing with meditation. Like you just have to. Do you, you know, you're a regular meditator? Uh, starting to be. Okay. Um, is there a particular kind you do? Like uh, I will find YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. No, I've done uh, that. Yeah. Put them on Bluetooth and just sit in the corner of my bedroom. Yeah. But yeah. I prefer British women because they seem to be more peaceful. But oh, okay. I can uh, see that. I don't yeah. know how true that is. I no, I like them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they say you know if you're meditating you have to if something pops in your head you have to deal with it and then you know that's the only way to kind of move past it and I yeah. think you know when you're writing just getting it all out there and not stopping to correct anything is sort of the same thing. It just gets you to a place where you're not thinking anymore. How easy is that for you? Because that's really difficult for me because especially as an editor, as soon as I put something down on paper, I'm like, this is terrible and I should correct it like this. This would flow much better if I went back and did this and I have to constantly, uh, like I wrote a book that wasn't published and when I did that, I wrote it longhand and I would put a piece of paper over what I just wrote and cover it so I couldn't see it. Yeah. And because otherwise I would just like glance at it and be like, go back and change this. With, so, with writing scenes, I just write them. I, and I will write until they're done and then I will put the worst blow line of all time at the end. But yeah. like, I, 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 will, yeah. I will know where it begins and where it ends. And even if it doesn't, like even there will be times where I'll just jump you know, from I don't I don't know how we get from C to D, mm-hmm. um, so I'll just jump to E and finish it from there. Yeah. Then and then to go back and edit it is so much easier. Um, but I also have written a book that has not been published. Yeah. Uh, and I've written the first fist bump, rewritten the first chapter. I, I mean, thirty times, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't finished it yet because I am I keep going back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, I I abandoned mine because. Yeah. Did you send it out for publishing and things like uh, that? I sent it out. Uh, I sent out the first 10,000 words uh, to a couple of places and got rejected. But. Okay. Yeah. I got uh, like 115 re- rejections on my, wow. on my book. Yeah. This is when I was still living in Seattle. But basically at the time, this is before like Amazon was big or anything. And they said, well, it's, we like the writing, but we don't. Because it was all over the place. You know, yeah. and they're like, what category is this in? Is this in memoirs? Is this in humor? Is this in, you know. Uh, nonfiction, and I was like, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, an, like, because I remember a couple agents said that to me. Like, they call me back and they're like, what shelf would you put this on in the bookstore? And I'm like, I don't know, you know. Front. Yeah. Front yeah. <laughs> New the, the one in the window. Yeah. The Oprah book. The, the Oprah a book of the month, you know. <laughs> it probably would have been different now, but I've read also that a lot of writers, like, their first works tend to be deeply autobiographical and don't get published. Yeah. And they just, like, put them in a drawer somewhere. So. Was that the case for you? Nope. Okay. Uh, no, mine was uh, about. I'm trying to sum this up in a not lengthy way. Uh, okay. It was a science. It was a science fiction comedy book. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, like Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, to I mean that's with time yeah. travel. 
uh, sort of space time travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so uh, like a construction company had figured out. So an alien, right, so an alien construction company uh, was building a black hole, uh, and they dropped some of the, the black hole uh, tiles for lack of a better word. Yeah. I have a better word in the book, but it's been a while, okay. um, on Earth. And so people make garbage disposal out of those tiles. Okay. It's like wildly popular, uh, but all of the garbage is being dumped onto this one planet, and people are being killed by being dumped into garbage disposal. Mm. So this planet started to populate itself with people from Earth who are then arrested and being tried for ruining this planet with their garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy that is the spokesman for the company gets sucked up and that planet like sees him everywhere because he's on all the garbage yeah um so he's like enemy number one like he's the devil yeah Yeah. um and then he meets a group of rebels and they hide out in a bunker and i think that's like where i'm at at this point but i've got the whole thing storyboarded in my so it's like a a fugitive novel yes nice um and one one day i will get back to it you know it's interesting i think you like when you talked about writing scenes that's the same way and i guess i didn't realize it till you said it it's much easier for me to write a scene and be okay with it being shitty yep but for some reason when i write longer it's much harder well because you have to you have to it's so much more distance to go like i can write a seven page script uh and i know that you know in the next page or two i'm going to be done versus you know a 60 chapter book that Mm -hmm. is going to take me a year and a half to write this piece of shit and then i have to go back and make it good yeah that's you know that's a hard thing and i, I read an article that was really interesting saying like were you good at writing and stuff in high school like i'm gonna assume that you were yeah yeah, yeah. and they, they talk about how why writing is so hard or productivity is because most people that get into writing were really good at it when they were younger and it was not hard and then when you get to the point it's hard it's like oh it's hard it was easy all my life and now it's hard right you know i can't tell you how many journalists i've talked to and writers that talk about the same thing because it's like you have no training to deal with like the tough times with basically with failure and i think improv has been very helpful in that respect because yeah because like you fail all the time you know i'm like oh it's not the end of the world you know sometimes you just need 100 words yeah but like internal editing and improv is it the same process or is it a different process like getting out of your head or saying like this is terrible or this is stupid yeah uh for you i guess no i think you have to get to a place where you're running ahead of yourself it's like with the game rewind not rewind uh, with the bell game like if i play that game i want i want the bell ring like 12 15 times because after four I'm, my mouth's just moving and things are coming out like yeah. the first the first three can be you know kind of calculated like yeah. i said beautiful so now i'll say ugly uh but once once you're on that fifth bell ring if it's if you're really clipping like you're just your mouth's moving and whatever's coming out is coming out and i think mm-hmm. and if you can you know if you can actually do exercises like that where um you really can't uh, like never wars another one where you know you get f- five things that don't exist, mm-hmm. um, and you just got to say them as fast as you can. Uh, where you really can't, you know, critique what's coming out of your mouth, and sometimes it's the same thing with an O at the end, or yeah. you know, it's it, it, it's going to be ugly and it's going to be bad, but you have to take a dump on stage before you clean it up. Yeah. Now that that's, a good that's going on a T-shirt. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that? Are you saying that because you own the theater? <laughs> no, no, like, no, I'm not I, cleaning that up. No, no I, look out if Andy Reid no, hears yeah. this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he already did. Yeah, I feel like that's a form, you know, the Reed, you right. know, the, the successor to the, the, the Herald. Reed. Yeah, the, like the Herald. Yeah. Or I guess it would be the Andy then. Yeah, <laughs> but continuing on in that. Um, um, yeah, I, I just I think sometimes you've got to play ugly and you've got to play. You've got to just force yourself to do the things you're not supposed. Like you know, getting a who, what, where out. Uh, one thing that if I really am just sort of in a bad slump will be to start a scene with like, hey, dad, thank you for coming to the flower shop. I know we need to get mom flowers, um, which is awful and like pedantic. And But once uh, once you've done that, 
then you can improvise a scene. And sometimes I think you just sort of need to kickstart um, your way into a scene so then you can improvise rather than worry so much about it starting mm-hmm. off that way. I mean, it's over time, it's awful practice, but I think when you're in a slump, sometimes just sort of... And I think when you're starting out too, I mean, mm-hmm. I think we all of us still struggle as like with our initiations of not getting out. Like we're not giving ourselves a chance to start. That's what we're going through, John and I, in our class with Hovich right now. Uh, like we're in our final class at Planet Ant, and that's like a big thing he emphasizes. Like, you know, you guys are like shooting. Your, you're not even giving yourself chances to succeed. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, these guys got a point. It's a good point. Yeah. Not to, uh, to go off on a different tangent a little bit. No, but please do. That's our show. Good. All right. Uh, well, I think, I think there's a lot of that going on right now in the scene. I think that, you know, for as much as we always talk about having each other's backs, I think there's a lot of calling each other out. The number of times that someone flubs a word and gets shit for it in a scene rather than you know, playing with that or celebrating it. Yeah. Um, I think that people are, are gun shy. Uh, you you know, did that in your uh, all-star set where you kind of, there was a disagreement between you and I think Kevin Dorf on the pronunciation of a word and it turned into a whole oh, yeah. word calendar thing. And I thought that was a good example of what you're talking about. Yeah. Which was not what I was, yes. Uh, no, I, was, I wasn't trying to lead you to that. But, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about me yeah. more. Okay. Um, put, yeah. Put down the card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought flashcards. Yeah. No, but I think that, you know, more often than not, it seems like a lot of times lately people are getting called on that rather than it being something to play with you know and i as a teacher i will say all the time like i don't i don't believe there are mistakes in improv uh, there are just gifts you weren't planning on giving um and i think that uh, that right now there's a lot more shining a light on the mistakes than seeing what gift is there uh mm-hmm. and i think that it leads to a lot of tense improv that, that you know people don't feel as safe or like people actually have their backs on stage as as they should you're probably like best known to non-improvisers as one of the faces of hungry howies uh-huh. uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't mention this going up but i'm actually surprised at how many people that i meet in improv where because somebody will make i you know like it'll come up and they're like well you know he's the guy that's in the hungry howies commercials and people will be like really like oh yeah now that you mention it <laughs> do you get that a lot or do you tend to be recognized a lot um I get recognized a lot. And how long have you been doing those commercials for? Six years. Six years. Yeah, I just filmed my 60th for them a couple of months oh. ago. 60th. Wow, yeah. congratulations. Nice, yeah. It'll, it'll start airing during the football season. Is that something you auditioned for? How did you first come to do those commercials? Um, well, it was not too long after Go opened. The, the ad agency that writes them called up uh, looking for improvisers. And I think eight of us, like I, I gave them eight names, including mm-hmm. myself. Uh, Were they all PJ? Like? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was me and uh, seven intro one students. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was, I, <laughs> no, I said uh, I was uh, seven of the guys from Resco and auditioned and they had a call back and uh, I was you know, lucky enough to get it and have been doing it ever since. I've had five different partners in them mm-hmm. uh, as people have moved around town uh, but the guy that was in the first two years uh, is now back in them uh, which has been really cool oh okay Stefan Dietrich do you have a okay. card Shout that out. just gets you free Hungry Howies when I'm sure you get this question all the time uh, and I wish it was true but I don't uh, <laughs> no I, I will say this I I am shy and I ha- I have uh, I struggle with saying that I am in any way famous like I'm recognizable I guess but like I would say I, local celebrity. Yeah, but like even like I and I I accept that, but I can't say it out loud without wanting to punch myself. Yeah. But the only person I ever cared about recognizing me was the delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Um, <laughs> to the point that one time we had a pizza and wait, I had, what, was it a hungry house delivery? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I had the commercial paused behind me on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I'll oh, just come in. I'll go get my wallet. Um, and it was like like it was like three or four years before he finally was like. 
Hey. Oh, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. It took, <laughs> it took forever. And he was like, that was the only time I observed, like, please, please notice me. Please, please like, like mugging, just, like, yeah, like, are you doing bits from the commercial? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had the tutu on. Like, uh, no, I tried forever. That was the only one that ever, like, I was like, oh, please, just please notice me for this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I get, I get noticed a lot. I, the, and, it's weird. In the last year, I've done you know the spots with a couple of the Detroit Lions, yeah, and, uh, so, yeah. Stanley Johnson from the mm-hmm. Pistons, and in the past year, I've been recognized significantly more, mm. um, even to the point that podcast listeners might not realize that I have a beard right now. Um, I can confirm. No, he's rubbing his beard on the. the I hope you can that, hear that. Yeah. that up. I'm going to put that on eBay. The gentle fibers. Yeah, quasi celebrity <laughs> action. Yeah. Um, no, I totally yeah, just pushed it back yeah, into the mic. Um, but You're a pro. I like that that you have readjusted the. Oh yeah, screen, I, yeah. but uh, this is the first time that I've grown a beard and people are still recognizing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, it's if I grow a beard, it's radio silence, and then the day I, the day I shave, it's like let's see upside down. Yeah, um, really. The day I shave, I get recognized again, but. Uh, but now people are seeing seeing through my clever disguise. Yeah. Or maybe they think you're trying to hide, and yeah. that makes you more noticeable. Maybe. Like, so you're oh, saying yeah. every time you order pizza, you shave before you... Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, now I'm good. Now, now they know Is me. Is it the uh, same uh, guy all good. these years later? No, no. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, um, Tommy Simon. Shout out Tommy Simon. And shout out, shout out Chris Fortin. I'll start saying shout out before shout their out. names just okay. to speed this up. No, um, I'll still say shout okay. out afterwards. That's the rule. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out. But the three of us did uh, an interview for uh, Detroit Public Television, mm-hmm. uh, and that... Uh, pizza delivery guy was the one that booked us on the gig because he's now at Wayne, oh, State, really? Wayne State doing uh, uh, TV editing. Oh, okay. Which was do you think weird, he was yeah. inspired by someone he delivered pizza? I know, he's like, I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> like one day that's going to be me. I, you know. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of kind of crazy that all, all those years later he sort of showed back up in my life. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, who are some people you looked up to coming up in improv? Larry Joe Campbell and Mark Evan Jackson uh, were. My, my uh, teachers at the end of my improv training at Second City, yeah, and so those, both of those men, very much uh, have always sort of been a, a, a guiding light for me. I don't know that sounded yeah. funny, but no, I just, but I mean, they've always, they, they take it very seriously. Um, does Larry still do improv? Because I'd never see like, is he in the three one three or anything? Uh, he's in the three one three. He just does, doesn't ever make it back. Okay. But he, has he ever come? Uh, he was. I did see him in town last year for Diff. He was at the local. I could have sworn I saw him, like not performing, just like. Oh, I, I, is that is that right? Maybe I, I didn't notice that. that. I, think I could have sworn I was standing outside the local, and somebody said that's Larry Joe Campbell. Like, Are you sure that wasn't just some guy? I could have been. You know, he's um, a very Michigan type of guy, looking yeah, guy. So, <laughs> uh, if you see the Google him, you'll understand what I'm saying. But yeah, so he's never done Diff. Uh, no, he did um, one of the first ones, uh, but for the most part, he, he's. Doesn't come back, and now he's coaching his son's football team. So. I thought you were going to say son's improv team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting a little family thing. No, but I mean, he goes on the road with like John, Jim Belushi um, a lot. Yeah, and, you know, living that LA life. Mm-hmm. But he, he, you know, he came from a, a theater background before improv. Yeah, and I've always looked up to that. Like I think that having that having that background and having kind of that um, I don't know the, the ethics of theater uh, as a driving force and the, the improv I think really does kind of put it to that, that next level of yeah. you know of it being you know you're a comedic actor as much as you're an improviser what about them uh, made an impact on you other than like the theater background you know I was 19 and 20 and uh, they were giving me the opportunity to be in you know more than just class shows even I mean I mm. you know got to be in one of the first first dance shows um, with uh, with Josh Funk 
Uh, and are you on the Planet Ant home team? Mm-hmm. Okay, I figure. But like again, yeah. I think a lot of people would be surprised to know. Yeah, you know, like cause same thing with Pete. And again, my memory's fuzzy, so we may may have been the third, but I'm pretty sure Pete and I were the first guest team. Oh, okay. Uh, we had a trip called The Stuff, um, where we decided. was this one of the birthday sets? No, no, okay. this was uh, just one of, it was one of our first trips together. Okay, um, not trying to get a cookie. No, this is okay. this is this is pre cookie. Oh, okay. uh, oh. <laughs> PC. Yeah, PC. Because yeah. um, that, I mean, I, my first ant show was uh, called Sardines, uh, and it was. 2000 2001 maybe 2001 mm-hmm. uh and I, I was probably probably on the home team in like 2004 2005 somewhere in there okay um and then for like you know 10 years yeah or maybe five years i did as much as i could mm-hmm. how involved are you in running diff or like i know you're on the oh yeah or, you know a lot yeah very, i would imagine very, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm asking, so just so you can say that. Yeah, no, I mean there's there's seven there's seven people on the board. Yeah, um, and we meet, you know, usually every month, the, the year round, um, and then by like March we we meet every other week. Oh, okay. Ish. Um, yeah. This last this last one was was the best we've had so far, uh, and I mean kind of across the board. Uh, what do we, what what's the, what's on that board? Like in terms of what? Why is it the best? Um, I mean, every show, you know, every show had was either sold out or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're going to be able. To, we haven't totally finished the books yet, but we're going to be able to donate a ton of money to DCP, which okay, we are, we are cool. all so excited about. Is that the primary uh, beneficiary every year? Uh, DCP choose- and Gilda's Club. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's it's cool that both charities are. Also, charities that have a connection to improv, yes, which is nice, absolutely. Um, but uh, and, I mean, the both both Paul F. Tompkins shows sold out. Yeah, those um, are great. Did you get a chance to see either of those? Or? Uh, well, I play uh, Human Amusement. Oh, that's right. Open yeah, for the yeah. first one. Yeah, I was going to say how, that's a good question to ask you because we talked about this in our diff roundup. Uh, yeah, those sound problems. You know, yeah. for me, like torpedo that set because it was like I was sitting in the back, like toward the back, and I couldn't like understand you. Know, and I was just like, but I felt bad for you guys. I was just like, because what I could hear, it was a good. I mean, you were having a good set, but it was right. like, how do you deal with something like that? Like in the middle of it, where you're just like, this is fucked. Or you're just like, just keep going. Or? You kind of march on. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I. The first person that I've heard that said they couldn't, everyone else said it, it was fuzzy, but we could still hear you. I didn't realize that it, I, as it got it, further it, back. It depends. It like, like Chris Peterson uh, and Travis, I think, had the, the biggest trouble. Yeah. And there were things that Chris and Travis were saying that, like, it just it was just the static. It was just like, or like, would you agree, Jim? Um, yeah, I mean, it distracted, uh, it distracted from the show, but I could still understand most of what yeah, they were saying. Yeah. But I mean, obviously that's not. I also have bad hearing. So. Okay. Well, then uh, no, no. Obviously yeah. that's you know it would it would have been nice to have it work out, and we found we figured it out by the time we got off stage what the issue was. Yeah, like you were supposed to keep it on the outside of the mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, Magnets so. in your pockets. Right? Yeah. Well, no, it had like these these long curly long curly cords. Yeah. Uh, it's antenna um, that were supposed to be out, uh, and both Chris and Travis wrapped it around and then put it in their pockets. So. It, oh. some, some, I don't. I don't know yeah. the full story. But how would, but, how would you know that? You know right. what I mean. Now you know. Everybody now knows. Like, yes. Now we we're all, know. all uh, you know AV uh. pros. <laughs> if you ever do a wireless set, make sure that cord is you know. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, doing it, you could tell that it was fuzzy, but I, but the audience was still laughing, which led me to believe that it was still. Well, yeah, I mean, like I could, I could, uh, I had a hard time understanding parts of it. Yeah. I, not to say that all of it, but it was just like it was. It was very distracting. Yeah. You know, I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, like. I've also at least I've done enough 
shows in my life that have not gone well that I'll take a show going well with some annoyance. So you're <laughs> not in the, so you're not in the, like, I guess I, my question is, are you in your head in a situation like that? Or you've just been through it so much. You're just like, here we go. Part of me goes into crisis management mode. I mean, mm. but not in a, I don't, I don't turn it on myself. I mean, okay. it's still you know, trying to figure out how to m- make it as good as you can with what you have. Yeah. But and you stayed for the the podcast then? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We all we all got to watch right up, like just off stage. Have you seen? I had cool. not seen Paul uh, Tompkins do improv before. I don't know if you had, mm-hmm. but no. I was I was very impressed with uh, yeah that and all the the performers, but especially him because I had not seen I had seen the others pretty much perform before, but um I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Frankly, I didn't know what the podcast was, but I was like, right. oh, that's really you know yeah um that's really he did a really great job. Well, I, and I think they were another really good example of like watching people have fun. Yes. Like, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't textbook necessarily. Some of it was sloppy. Yeah. Um, but they were having, uh, so they were, it was funny and they were having a blast doing yeah. it. And I, I frankly think watching a troupe have fun is half of what a show should be. I think it comes back to what you were saying. Like, if they made a mistake, they didn't beat each other up about yep. it. They, yeah. you know, they played with it. It was a gift. Yeah. Yep. Paul Tompkins seems to take a lot of joy in character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was playing Budina. We talked about it last <laughs> week, but the pudding fairy. And yeah. uh, <laughs> he, he was just, uh, he was just so happy about it. And it made everybody else happy. But even like his banter with the crowd, like we were talking, he's just very likable, but I think that's a good insight. It's like, it's that, that joy he has, like that fun he, he brings to it, mm-hmm. even at his level. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like so. Do you get a lot of applications from out of town teams every year? Like, or is oh yeah, thing no. where you, Do you ask people other, other than like non quote unquote like celebrity? So there's improv th- troops? three. Oh, at least there's there's four tiers to how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are the people that we reach out. Like there's this you know the top tier that we reach out to. So like three one three mamas boys, yeah. Paul Tompkins, Kevin Dorf. Mm-hmm. Um, there are troops that have come many years. Um, like uh, Nick Armstrong or Bearded Men, um, who, you know, at this point we just invite them. And so it's yeah. not, you know, uh, they're not necessarily, it's, and some of them are still headliners, but it's not, yeah. you know, the, the big name people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone else pretty much submits, but it's either the local or out of town. Um, how many submissions do you typically get? Or like how we many? get do you about a hundred. Okay. Uh, and there's usually, I think it's 52 spots total oh okay including, so but from headliner to yeah yeah to Wednesday. Still, yeah. yeah that's a big um so yeah so we turn away a ton which never feels good but yeah uh kind of goes back to that thing of you know i always try and think if someone is going to pay you know how whatever the ticket they, price is yeah, i want to make sure that that yeah we're, it's it's the it's the coldest casting i think of anything that we do it, and is it that just that that seven member board that does all mm-hmm. that? Okay, uh, and a couple of other uh, like you know uh, like Joe Planbeck from uh, Ringwald, um, some of the other like people that help us out in the festival. Because mm-hmm. so there's, I think there's ten of us total. Yeah, um, and every troop gets seen by three people. Oh, okay. Um, otherwise, it'd be just a, it would be endless. Yeah, uh, yeah. And not all of the troops that submit are very good. Yeah. Um, and that's just. There's a point where that just becomes soul sucking. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I you know, imagine, I, yeah, you know, to do a hundred of those, you know, to, you know, every set's between fifteen and twenty minutes. It's a lot. So yeah, uh, if you're just doing, you know, twenty, um, and usually in those twenty, they'll be, you know, like, oh, these five were here last year. So 
I'll just we'll put them in the, the, yeah. the maybe plus list and we'll mm-hmm. just see where we land. <laughs> but do you have plans to expand? I mean, like building on the success and the quote unquote boom, like like more venues or more performance, or you like the size of it? Right I now? think we have plans to feel really good about exactly where we're at. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, that's pretty much it. I mean, unless unless we you know if we land like Key and Peel or something, then maybe we'll yeah. get a bigger venue. But I think uh, I think this year's festival really. I mean, it's, it's, we always have a list going of like, you know, uh, a Google Doc of yeah that, that's open while the festival's happening. It's like, well, we got to fix this. But uh, I think for the most part, we feel like we really hit stride this year. Do you ask people like Key and Peele, like if they'll appear? Yeah. I mean, okay. not Key and Peele, but like, you know, people. Yeah. I mean, or that, that level. At this point, you know, having been around long enough, you know, most of the 313, I have, you know, are people I can yeah. reach out to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, and ask either you know for one level like it's a, like Paul Tompkins is a friend of Jackson's. Oh, okay. Um, we actually, and we actually booked him the week before Diff last year for mm. this year. Oh, okay. Um, so Jack and Jackson's always really good about helping us, you know, get people for. Hey, he's our favorite person. Yeah, now, he's know? awesome. Yeah, he's our he's our one celebrity fan. <laughs> I guess two now with Hungry Howies. You know, they love us a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, in terms of Go itself, do you have like a, because you said you had a 10-year plan, you're eight years into that. At the end of your 10-year plan, where did you see Go? We're pretty much there. I mean, I'd, I would love to expand our classes. Like, you know, I would love for us to be able to. Well, right now you have like something like 160 uh, students a month. Is that accurate? Ish. Someone said that. Yeah. It's like it's like 150, 160, somewhere yeah. in there, um, which is great. Uh, and, you know, we've had more space than we have right now and given some of it up. And. I don't know that we have the teaching power to go much bigger than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, like setting things up with some, you know, with like OCC, um, like I would love to get, you know, something more academic going. Yeah. Um, and like our corporate. Like at it, like through an accredited. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Why? Cause I think improv is important and I think that it would do good for more people to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just because I make money from that. I just yeah. I think I, I like I on a lot of levels I think that improv is life is a life skill more than it's a performance skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to be able to find more ways to share it. Okay, guys, you have any questions for PJ? If you can get that as like a accredited class, would you look at getting your degree turned into like an improv masters of improv? Well, yeah, I know. I, mean, if, I know John's kind I, of joking, but if I it's could. a half. Joke. I mean, but it's a half joke. But I mean, do you see it as something like? Because I mean, people get theater degrees. Why yeah. not get an improv degree? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, do you like? Do you envision something like that, like being like like a minor or like uh, in theater school? Or I'll, I'll accept. Thinking, a, I'll accept a minor. I mean, okay. I, a major is probably a little self-aggrandizing, but mm-hmm. uh, no. But I, I mean, I, I I really do think that. I mean, from if you think about it, from short form to long form to you know writing from sketch. I mean. There's a lot of professions that, you know, like, like, especially like teachers and lawyers that we get tons of students from those worlds. Yeah, or engineers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's true. I mean, people, like anyone that has to give a presentation, you know, we, we're a benefit to. Yeah. Um, and I think if, you know, the more people we can spread the, the good improv word to uh, without it becoming a cult, um, which is always my 
biggest fear. Uh, I, I think it's too late. You know, <laughs> is it too late? Well, Someone, well. you know, you know I, I always go back to this, but uh, Matt Rose on the Matters podcast said, you know, like for, as an outsider, improv to him is like AA. It's like only the people that are in it, like you know, they can only talk to one another about it, and they talk incessantly about it. It's like a whole little cult, you know. And I think yeah. that's a good. It's a good description. That's fair. All right, yeah. that's fair. So don't fight the cult. You know, yes, and the cult. You yeah. Know? All right. You're <laughs> PJ. You're our David Koresh. Oh, Just think of it that, that way. Oh God, this was going so. Wow. This was going so well. It took a Great turn, Tony. Wow. <laughs> I'm wearing black Nikes right now. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Is the punch ready yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out the pudding in a second here. Uh, <laughs> we ruin everything, PJ. Can I be a hip cult leader? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jim Jones? I don't know. Who's no, like, Jesus, who, no. Who, who's, who's, a, who's a hip cult leader? Is there one? Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. Yeah, okay. Steve Jobs? yeah you're All Steve right. Jobs. I'll take it. Well, no, they, they talk a lot about him not really accepting limitations of you know not caring whether or not something could actually be done but getting it done and i've always i don't know i i i don't tend to know my limits and i don't tend to care if it's impossible or not uh and i've always i don't know is that mindset of like making something happen that probably shouldn't be able to happen yeah, but you're talking about dreaming. Have you? Yeah, we're talking about what? You're talking about dreaming. Yeah. yeah. Have you always been that, or do you think that's something you can learn? I've been that for a real long time. I don't know if I've always been that, but um, no, I just I tend to believe believe really hard in what I believe in and find ways to orchestrate it. Uh, and I've been I've been really lucky like that. You know, in my life, I've had a lot of things that have happened through luck and just really believing they were going to happen hmm. uh, like it, it, i've never at no point did i ever consider that go wouldn't work like it was going to work and, they, they, and i've done a lot of interviews where people are like well what you know well what if it didn't and it was like I, that was literally never an option it was just it was going to work we were going to make it work um and that's sort of my approach to a lot of things is just very positive and with the very annoyingly strong belief that it's going to happen yeah well, I've always been a dreamer, and having you on, PJ, is really a dream come true for this oh. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a jo- no, I'm not joking. Seriously, because when we first started this, like, we're like, well, we get Margaret and PJ on. You know, like... Oh, uh, oh yeah, and even last year at Diff. Because, yeah. When you said you come on, we're like, yeah, right. Yeah. But just like Mark yeah. Evan Jackson, we booked him a year in advance. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, it's... It, to us, it's an indication of how far we've come, at least our podcast, you know, from what it first was you know we didn't know anybody in improv when we first started and now you know you're sitting here talking to us and sharing your wisdom and sincerely we appreciate it oh well i'm glad to be here this has been really nice pj jacox everybody Now is it too late for a shout out? No, go go ahead. Uh, I want a shout out. Uh, Did you write down shout outs? No. Okay, uh, <laughs> you're looking at your phone. That's I what am. I'm asking. Uh, no, uh, uh, Penelope Catherine Miller, who was born to my friend, uh, my friends Jake and Kate, uh, oh. about half an hour ago. Wow, uh, exclusive. What? Yeah, that's shout awesome. out. Uh, so in two weeks, this will be. <laughs> Two weeks and one hour. Amazing, yeah. By that, wow. Penelope will be able that. to listen and remember. It'll be her first memory. Yeah, you know, it'll like, be her first yeah, memory. Her first shout out. <laughs> listen wow, to you this podcast. You probably, you probably gave her the first shout out of her entire life. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's monumental. Yeah. Not many people can say that. You heard okay. it here first. Yeah, first. exclusive. <laughs> so uh, now 
we fade, uh, or not, not we fade, now, now PJ fades to the back line, but he's still here, still part of the show, and welcome to, you know, oh. take part in All what's right. to come. Uh, this is the non-PJ portion of the show, but he's welcome to take part and encouraged to do so. Um, well, you know, that's confusing. Yeah, exactly. I support you, PJ. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you. You know, so anyway, emotions are running high. We're all discombobulated because of you know we've we've gone through something together, and we're the better for it. But <laughs> with emotions running high, what better time than to go into a segment I like to call Heather's feelings. Hi, Heather. Hi. What are your feelings this week? Well, I had now I'm having like baby feelings because we talked about a baby. But okay. before I have a baby, mm-hmm. I want to have a house. Okay. So my feelings this week are that's good. Oh, just a quick check, PJ. You have a house for your baby. I, I do. Okay, so that's <laughs> I good. Have both. That's good thinking, okay, Heather. Okay. Yeah. I really want to buy a house today. That is my. That was all I thought about today at work when mm-hmm. I didn't do any work. Uh, I found I found a house that's so cute, and I think Tony, it's the right decision for me right now. Okay, you're about to change jobs. Yeah. You don't have any like much in savings. No. So what would your down payment be? I could have. I could have five thousand dollars. Okay. No. But also, you can that'd get be, a, that'd be enough. Yeah. Well, then you're gonna have to pay mortgage insurance. Yeah. Well, I don't know a whole lot about that, but my <laughs> boss on. told okay. me that you only needed like three something percent. Doesn't your boss also deal with like exclusively bankruptcy cases? Yeah, but it doesn't mean so he's isn't not it a, in his interest to see you go bankrupt? Looking for a client. Yeah. No, because I know how to file my own bankruptcy. That's what I've done every day for the past seven years. Heather, I could not, do it in my sleep. But you shouldn't be bragging that you can file your own bankruptcy, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the point of what I just said. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be in his interest at all for me to go bankrupt or not. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't hire him for his services. Oh. I'm the one that does the stuff. Okay. I don't need a lawyer. Okay. Are you saying he doesn't do I'm anything putting, and you do all putting, the work? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> putting Sometimes. that aside, PJ, yes. as a homeowner, are you a homeowner? I'm a, a two homeowner. Two homeowner. Yes. Um, and selling one of them. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Look at the market. Is the house in Hazel Park? Do you own the house Heather wants, PJ? No, it's no. in, in front of. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, now Ferndale. I do like Ferndale. What was that? What happened? To, what was people shitting on Ferndale? Because no, no, no. <laughs> I hate my he neighbors. Tony. Uh, you hate your neighbors? Yeah. When? yeah. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But listen, he yeah. mentioned it twice on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, First time I he thought did. it was a I'm joke. Not a good but now yeah, I I'm not no, a good listener. I'm sure he really I, hates them. I tend to they have like parking issues or something. Okay. Well, anyway, well, let's stick on your. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever had to remind you to focus on yourself and your own segment. I said, "Fuck this." Yeah. That's what Jim would say. Anyway, PJ, do you think five thousand is enough for a down payment, or would you advise? Well, it depends on how as much the I house do, costs. Right, first it, of all, it's seventy thousand dollars. Seventy three. Seventy three. So, would you advise saving up more for a down payment, and thus avoiding mortgage insurance? Well, what's what's three percent? Is that what twenty? Twenty-two. Yeah, three percent is like I could. I mean, but there, there are other costs with closing, like the inspection and um, just get some paperwork also, and stuff. It might be about two thousand dollars worth of closing costs. Yeah. Okay. If the house is right, if it's the if it's the house you want, though, have yeah. you been inside this house or seen like? No, I just seen I look the at pictures. pictures. I looked oh. at the pictures. I you you at have the to go inside. I no. think the thing I also that Heather needs to look at is 
what she's paying now versus what the total cost with fees and insurance would be later. Right. Oh, yeah. Because it if would, it's significantly lower, it doesn't matter how much she has down. It would still right. be cheaper. It's cheaper for me to buy a house Even mm-hmm. with than to keep insurance. renting where I'm renting now. Okay. And then so I, your monthly payment would go down. Yes, oh, and I well need it. I would like it to go down. Jim, Jim is a real estate agent uh, for people that don't know. Um, Heather, yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. He's kind of shifting more into real estate photography. Um, That's not a joke. Uh, You kind of looked at me like, "Ah." But you know what? It's (laughs) very important because it's very important because I've been looking at houses online and some of them just have horrible, terrible pictures and I am just like, no, this can't possibly be Well, let me say this though, if I may. Yeah. Uh, So my wife and I bought a house a little over a year ago. Um, and the photos online were, it was, there were three photos. Mm. One was the house uh, in 1949. Uh, one was a picture of our, of the window above the back bedroom, which is not an impressive window. Uh, and then one was a picture of like the side of the foyer. Um, Mm. and the house was on the market for like six months. Uh, and only three people ever looked at it. Um, and it's worth like double what we paid for it. Mm-hmm. It just needs a ton of work. Yeah. Um, but th- because the photos were so bad, no, no one, one looked at, look it. at it. Yeah. Um, so we got real lucky because the photos were terrible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's my sales pitch to real estate agents is why they need you better do, pictures. Oh, I thought it was that. Yeah. That's why you do bad photos. Jim, <laughs> 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 you may have to listen to the podcast just to get that uh, play for other realtors. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great pitch. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, Oh, PJ, how many houses did you look at before you found the one that you bought? Four. Okay. I looked at about 10. Yeah. No, I, what, the one that we're in, I mean, literally every room needs slash still needs work, needed or need, still needs work. Are you like handy? Do you know how to do that I stuff? can paint the center of a wall. Okay. Oh. My, my wife can do the trim. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, Teamwork. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. I, mean, I can do like basic stuff, but oh, I mean, okay. but we've had to hire people for a lot of it. Okay. Um, but like this weekend, we'll be we'll be painting the nursery. Oh, um, yeah. Well, was there nice. any special theme? Um, like like a, it's like you a put for, a mural it's on like the a wall? forest. Uh, we got like uh, like these little birch birch tree decals. Oh, okay, cool. Sounds uh, so cute. Yeah. I want a baby. Okay. They're fun. But I think you're right to want a house first, Heather. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just thinking like right now is a good time for me to buy a house mm-hmm. because, you know, like. Well, my my other point was that um, it's easier to get a mortgage right now because she has job history. If she quits her job and starts a new job, she applies for a mortgage and she's got like one month on the job. It's how, how long are you at your job? Seven years. No, I mean, are you, you're about to leave it? Yeah, I'm about to leave it. She was but a- I haven't applied anywhere yet. Oh, okay. She was going to school to be a social worker and now she's recently, and now she graduated in May. So oh, congratulations. She's, yeah, she's going to get her Absolutely. social worker job. Which I hope will make more money than the job I make right now, but not necessarily so... I would shoot for that. For more money, I know, mm-hmm. but I mean. No, I, I, I agree with Jim, though. Uh, if you have a, a career history, now is the yeah. time to get the mortgage. So mm-hmm. I should, I want to, I think I'm ready Okay. to buy a house. Because right now, you, for people that don't know, you live across the street from your parents. Yes, I do. How far away is this house from your parents? Well, it's in Hazel Park. So Hazel Park is like two miles by two miles. Could you walk there? From their house, I could, but I would not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could have told you. I know. That. PJ, PJ walked to my so house I, in Huntington Woods, by the way, from Go. Which, no, no, not from work, from home. Oh, wait, where do you live? You live in Ferndale, though. Pleasant right? Ridge. 
Oh, Pleasant Ridge. Okay, that's it's a, a different. It's a little over mine. Uh, okay, oh, okay. okay, that's a different. I mean, it's slightly different, but no, it's, it's I, a, thought, a, I thought you walked from Go. That's why I was like, oh. wow, because you walked up and Jim was like, did you yeah. walk here? And no, Go, like, yeah. Go is 0.1 miles in the 0.1 miles less from my house to Go is 1.1 miles <laughs> yeah. south. From my house okay. to here is 1.2 miles north. Oh, okay. All right. So that's uh, less impressive, but still impressive. Right, I don't know if I'd walk to your house. I so probably my house that's, right that's now. Let's be impressed. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm at like eight and a half mile, and this new this house I like is at nine and a half mile. Okay. That's now, better. It's I mean, better. Yeah. Now, Jim, it's a hot market, though, right? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances that, like, how well, how fast does it, Heather need to move? Um, pretty quickly. Yeah, it says it's been on I'm the saying. market for 10 days. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, they get snatched up. It could yeah. get snatched up. Because so. I've seen some houses on there that were really cute, and then, like, they were gone. Yep. Mm. Yeah, they could, be, they could be off the market. Uh, the hottest time is, like, in the spring when all, everyone's trying to move so they can relocate their kids for the, the fall yeah. school year and stuff. So right now it's a little slower, but it could still get snatched up. Which is why I should buy a house now because I'm not going to do it in the winter because I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, who does? So I, then I would have to wait a whole nother year, basically, Tony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the first thing I said was just get the pre-approval for a mortgage and then you can... And then we can go look at the house and then you can put a bid on it if you want. So does this mean Jimmy's your agent, Heather? I don't know. Mm. Don't you, rush into it. You're rubbing your thigh in a nervous I mean, manner. Because I just... Now you're I, rubbing both thighs. All I did was look at this house all day and imagine like a cat laying on the floor in the sun mm-hmm. at the door wall and where I would put some shelves. Yeah, but that's after like a month and a half of a lot of bullshit from the mortgage company. <laughs> and, um, but uh, go see it. I mean, that's... Yeah. The, yeah, the, I, the photos. I was, so I have to get pre-approved for a mortgage before I can go look at it? No, but... You, Not it, technically, no. but... I mean, you, you can go look at it even if, even if you don't want to buy a house. Yeah, looking's free. Yeah, it's a good real thing. estate agent will have you pre-approved before he spends his time. <laughs> uh, right, Jim right, asserting right. his real are estate you char- knowledge. Are you charging right now. Yeah, I I feel like Jim is billing by the hour. He's the only real estate agent that does that. I just really feel like now. Well, if you if you don't qualify for it, then I do. I will qualify for it. Okay. I checked on my credit union's website calculator. It said I was good. Oh, okay. Go get I it, mean, girl. I didn't apply for it. Okay. But I could do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I I will say also in the same vein as PJ that my house, I have an upstairs bungalow that's like like naughty pine, like uh, the upstairs. And when I saw it online, I hated it. I was like, this is ugly. I like the thing I hated the most about the house, and I almost didn't come and look at it. Mm-hmm. But I did, and it turns out that's the part I like the best. So. You never well, know. I really like this house that I found. It's small. It's like basically the size of my house now. Okay. But I would own it. Mm-hmm. And it has a deck outside. We oh. could sit on it. And then and I'm going to get a new job. And like a lot of things are going to be different. And Another then 2.0? I, yeah. And then I'm going to have a baby, you guys. Wow. Just one? Yeah, when, how many how many kids would you start. Yeah, how many kids would you like to have, Heather? I would like to have two or three, but that's enough. Okay. But if, you never know. There could be quintuplets. Uh there could can, be. And then we can have a bunch of uh dating segments for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would like a dating segment so I can find a husband, please. Oh, I thought you meant after the baby. Yeah, yeah and I was like a- like Octomom, like she would did she go on a no, lot of dates? I don't I'm know. A, I'm going to so I'm going to get the house and a job. And then a husband, 
and then Band-Aid. a baby. Oh, okay. This is all oh, okay. happening with a dog months. somewhere in there. I don't you know skipped where. over the guy part like extremely yeah. quickly. Yeah. Like it wasn't <laughs> the guy is not important in this story. Jim. He is important. He is important. We talked about it um, a few episodes ago. Yeah. That I was supposed to have a love connection at Diff. Well, Lauren predicted. Lauren predicted yeah. that I'd, I could have a love connection at Diff. Which, I think which you could have. Uh, Kozlowski. Okay. His episode came on the week before your I episode. can't say no, whether I, we recorded I did or right. didn't. Because B- Bicker's predictions are, are far more accurate. Than oh, really? I don't know. Of the Laurens, hers are the more oh, accurate. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. I'm she's ask a, her. she's a future guest on the show yeah. as well. I'm yeah. going to ask her the next time I see her. Okay. Just with no context. <laughs> All right. That's and good. I'm going to record that. it because she loves that. All right. Well, Heather, I wish you well in your house pursuit. I was kind of mm-hmm. wary about it, but after listening to the, the evidence and reasons presented. And it's so cute, Tony. Okay. That's not a factor for me, but. It's <laughs> not a factor. That's a good it's factor. It's nice. You'll, uh, you'll visit me there. You don't want to have if the house is clean. It will be clean because once I buy yeah, it, yeah, PJ's a house, giving you this look, and I'm like, oh, that's warranted. I will be a real right. adult. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, wouldn't you say your decorating style is borderline hoarder? No, <laughs> I wouldn't say borderline. <laughs> it is not hoarder. True or false? Level. You would not have people over your house because you're embarrassed at how messy it was. Well, there was just nowhere for you to sit okay, on the couch. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because of but, all the old newspapers? No, there's, oh, the there's, magazines. Mail. there's like a pile of mail. But, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to defend you here. <laughs> nope. Listen, you guys. I need someone. Okay, so potential love connection out there. You need to be like clean pretty freak. clean, but not a clean <laughs> freak because you won't be able to deal with me. I think you need to be a cleaner. You need to be a cleaner. Yeah. Someone that likes to clean. Yeah. You should marry someone from like Molly Maids or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be perfect. Well, maybe that's where I'll start looking. Oh, okay. Updates on that later. All right. <laughs> Call the maid service and tell them to send somebody cute by. Or just put an ad in the paper looking for a janitor. Mm. Cleans naked. And yeah. I'm good with his no. hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll put it on Craigslist. Very no, good. no, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. Heather has some experience. I've got some experience. Oh. <laughs> she knows how to hide. And Sounds like PJ door. has some experience, too. He got, this, <laughs> he got visibly frightened, like he went pale. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> I've been down that road, sister. Anyway, Heather, I wish you well. And we'll get updates as this goes on. Thank you. But for now, this has been another segment of... Heather's feelings. John. Tony. I, this is usually where I say, do you have a fact of the week? But I'm going to ask you very quickly. What is this deal with your neighbors? You're fighting with your neighbors. You just moved into this house. Right? You hate your neighbors. Yeah. Is that oh you You're going to go to the hate level? Uh, I immediately go to the hate level. Oh, okay. For those because listeners who are in on the whole story, how long have you been in this house? Yeah. Uh, like a month. Okay. He's uh, Andy and Maria, former guests on the show, both improvisers. I don't care. Maria is, she insists that she's not an improviser, but she's taken an improv class and she does improv, but she doesn't like to be labeled as an improviser because she's a music <laughs> it's, it's teacher. It's a filthy label. I understand. Yeah. But you know what? You're down in the gutter with us, sister. Better deal with it. Uh, <laughs> Andy is a, pr- Andy is a proud is. improviser. Send you another letter. Yeah. He was a member of uh, Colony Fest finalist Jalopy along with Jim. Uh, but anyway, John, they bought a house recently and John is their new roommate. Uh, they are his uh, landlords. And are they well, technically, are they married? Andy is. They're going to be married. Okay. So Maria is living there. Andy is not until they get married. 
Oh, traditional. Yeah. Technically. Well, uh, we'll talk about it off. Okay. Andy, I, don't, I don't need to know. Don't Andy anybody. Andy is my roommate. <laughs> yeah, Jim. Apparently, <laughs> That's true. This is confusing, but yeah, I'm on board. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so then, at that point, you guys move in together. Maybe. And start filming a buddy comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But you're. Maybe I, once they move you in, are gonna. Are off. you gonna stay there once they? Can you, like when once they're married? Their marital room? bed. Most no. probably. Okay. Very good. He's like the the roommate, like the even on their the, wedding the, night, the Kramer. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, you have been living there less than a month, and yet you're already. How do you how did you come to hate the neighbors? Uh, because she came outside. That we have mm. one driveway. Okay, you live in Ferndale, very in walking distance of Go Comedy. Actually, right, what street? Right next. We're on uh, Troy. Oh, okay. Troy. Yep. And uh, there's one parking spot in front of the house. We have three cars. Okay. So sometimes I park in front of her house. Okay. And she complained about it like, oh, my daughter or whatever needs to park there. So I moved and I waited and I watched. Eight hours later, still hasn't parked there. Wait, you watched the spot for eight hours? <laughs> Tony, I had to evaluate oh this person's God. truthfulness. Okay. I, that encounter set her trust level and it plummeted. Okay. So and no- that told me everything I needed to know about her. She lied because her daughter was going to be back eventually and she's too lazy to walk an extra five feet to her door so she wanted me to park like an extra 30 feet away from my house that selfishness and laziness and i hate her so the daughter never showed up or she did uh she didn't show up by the time i left eight or ten hours later well in this woman's defense i think she's setting a precedent Oh, she set a precedent that I will never believe her again, and I'm going to park in front of her house every day as long as Does I Does her can. daughter live there? Yes, I okay. think so. So, John, what is the resolution? Are you going to resume parking in front of her house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a one-time thing to evaluate her. Yeah. And if she had parked and gotten groceries or something out of the car, I would have been like, okay, never parked, no groceries, no nothing. She doesn't have a peg leg. Okay. It was pure 100%. I'm going to passively, aggressively ask you to park further away so that I can have my little house. Now, are Andy and Maria aware of this situation? Oh, I let them know immediately. And what are their feelings? I'm just going to say, guys, okay, this is what I'm going to (laughs) do. Guys, I just cut out all the stuff John said. I paraphrase. And paraphrasing paraphrasing what John said, Andy and Maria support John in this situation. But I'm also going to give them a call and ask them and verify this. I might cut out this entire segment. That was well played. Yeah, Yeah, that's the journalist in me. Now, John, what happens if she starts parking in front of Andy and Maria's house in retaliation? Whatever. Oh, okay. A spot's a spot. A spot's a spot. The only thing that I don't approve of is I need you to park further away so I don't have to walk as far. Oh, okay. That's not cool. It's first come, first serve on public All right. Well, the law is on your side, John. This is maybe the first and only time I ever say that on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Emotionally, I'm not sure I support you, but legally, 100%. Yeah, I guess my concern is about, I'm concerned about neighborliness. And now, before, you know, I've always lived in places where I barely talk to my neighbors, mostly apartment buildings, so so I didn't care. But now, like, I, like let's say I did mind them parking in front of my house, I might, you know, consider, like, well, they are really, they are really great neighbors, you know, and so maybe I'll... This is my first neighbor Also, we encounter. park in front of your neighbor's houses. Oh, they're so angry about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the cars have been towed. I've been yeah. watching it. So, <laughs> yeah. one by one. Yeah. Did you notice, like, that old lady keying your car across the street? This but. is my first Someone encounter my with car. her. Her child told me once that I wasn't allowed to be in front of the house. 
her child. Wait, another four so, years old. Oh, okay. me not to be in front of their house. Yeah. What are these people teaching? Four year olds are very sassy. You never know, Dunn. You might be like the scary person in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, you're always scared of that like one adult. When you're yeah. educating yeah. children, you shouldn't coddle them. And mm. I feel the same way about adults. Don't coddle okay. them. You got to let them know through tough love of parking in front of their house. Yeah. Fuck them. So this is this has been parking with John Yar. So we might yeah. revisit this and well, just give us let us know if there's updates of the situation. I assume they will be legal in nature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. use your phone to record them. Just yeah, in case. yeah, I, exactly. I don't mean how to, to tell you how to run your podcast. Oh, please do. Uh, I just think you should have more songs going into each of these segments. Oh, really? Uh, parking with John. I mean, like you know, oh, like, little, you know, yeah, like jingles. Yeah, yeah. 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 the guitar's been sitting there the whole time. Beep beep. Uh, yeah, Jim <laughs> beep, can beep. only play parking that one song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll take that under advice. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. It's your thing. Do, you I'll know, say we, I've bumpers. been saying we need more sounds, more music. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, a yes. soundboard. All from I mean, people that have never edited. That. N- I never edited a second can I of ed- Can I edit a podcast? No, well, there you go. Tony, well, we're talking about soundboards. That's <laughs> not, I love how ignorance is a defense. I don't P- know how to do that. PJ, you no, know how to I mean, guitar? will you no. allow me to edit a podcast. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd allow you to edit a podcast. PJ for sure. is going to improvise a driving with John Yar song. Yeah, okay. Driving with John. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. So if we have an update to that, now that we have to, we'll uh, we'll we'll play. I'm gonna we'll play that jingle. We'll use the magic of editing. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Love it. Okay, that was been, that was been driving with John. So John, do you have a fact of the week? Yeah, I got a PJ, you have a fact yeah, of the week can, song? Yeah, sure. This is something true from John. It's the fact of the week. That was like true with a little star next yeah, to it. Yeah, I like that. You know, this is a great idea, PJ. Thank like, you, why you. haven't we been doing this? It's been sitting there the whole whole episode. Yeah, I don't do that, though. That's not my thing. I just play the three chords. I know. <laughs> I think you're getting shown up a little here, uh, Good. Oh, what do you mean, good? You're not supposed to yes and that. Okay. I'm calling you out. That's what good improv is about. That's what I learned today. <laughs> no, <laughs> God, what? No. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> uh, you know, I wish... I love that reaction. People like, No. <laughs> I wish more people in improv would call people out like PJ. Yeah, well, I know. no, <laughs> and I wish more people would talk to Pete Jacobs. We are reputation builders and destroyers here at After Improv. <laughs> okay, all right. So, fact of the week, according to one twenty one dietitian dot com. Wow. If you eat a polar bear liver, you would probably die because humans could not handle that amount of vitamin A. Oh, I've heard this before because I also look on Reddit, but. That's a good one. So yeah. watch out, guys, that eat, if you eat polar bear liver. You're dead. Yeah. A single bite, more deadly than a bullet. What else has vitamin A in it? Carrots. What are the, no, symptoms. Sure what are the symptoms of vitamin A toxicity? Death. 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 Immediate, Immediate death. death. It's not really a symptom as much as a... <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, there's... Think of it as a cyanide of vitamin You might get some clawing as you're eating it out of the polar bear. When you were talking about overdosing from too much of a vitamin, I was hoping you were going to say niacin. I was praying. Oh, yeah. niacin. Tony, I was going to be like, Sorry. "What? What a tie!" Well, no, but as members of the the board of the yeah, niacin council, know. oh we, yeah, we, that's we, true. we would have to, like keep all those deaths under the carpet. Yeah, the point is, too, there's no such thing as too much niacin, yeah. guys. It's, yeah. it's the perfect drug. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's perfect. You know what? It cures excessive sighing, Heather. That was a happy sigh. Oh, was it? Did you see me smile? No. <laughs> I was smiling. It was more of a satisfied yeah. smile, like, I'm better than you. No, no okay. your mouth is hidden by the. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you can't. Thank you, PJ. See, yeah, yeah. that's a good, that's good looking out for the nice and yeah. for my nice and bro. You should be able to tell the difference between my size by now. Okay, that's um, a great point, Tony. All right, guys, I think we've Understand reached just about the end of this. Uh, <laughs> it's going off the rails. It's just it's just devolving into banter, which is fun. But banter is what the people want. Yeah, there's a time and a place. Once again, uh, <laughs> at the end of the podcast, yeah. Oh, actually, when I hand, do you G- know how to play the? Uh, what are the chords? It's G, D, F, G. All right. Wow. We, how do you feel about this, Jim? Do you feel okay with the PJ playing the outro to yeah. the G D F G? Yeah. Once again, I'd like to thank our guest PJ Jacobs for being on. Let's let's hear it. Give it up. Thank, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I was like hoping, I hope you say something because then it'll sound like you already laughed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I pre-recorded all these and you're just pl- splicing them in. Yeah, exactly. Point. Like this all. This, wow. This, yeah, this entire podcast took place in like a like a studio in like Culver City. Or something. Yeah. Okay, but thanks a lot. Uh, it was great. And really, the, the top of our list is empty now. We had two people on top and we. we Mark our, Evan Jackson. Yeah. Okay, I, I guess he's our new top. Mary Beth Monroe. Yeah. You know, say, but it's still, it's not, it's not going to surpass this. Maybe. <laughs> hey, he was on uh, Marin's podcast. Yeah. For the wizard, the handsome Jim Harper, the warrior John Yar, and the maiden true Heather Anonymous, future homeowner Heather House Anonymous, maybe. Oh. Soon to be. I'm your host, Tony Augusti, saying, play us out, PJ. After improv podcast show. <laughs> so fancy. Oh, that was nice.